Welcome to the Fearless Women Podcast. We're inspiring conversations for the unafraid. I'm Janice McDonald, founder of The Beacon Agency, author, and global champion for women. Why am I making this show? Because I want to share the inspiring stories of women leaders in business, arts and culture, politics, and more with all of you. Hear how they've chosen to go forward and be bold and make the world a better place, even when it wasn't easy to do. Subscribe now wherever you find podcasts. Sharon Zohar, visionary behind the big push. She's a disruptor and innovator who wants to take women entrepreneurs from seed to Series A. Welcome, Sharon, to the Fearless Women podcast. Thank you. And thanks to our sponsors, the 30% Club, BDC, and ADGA, and to our listeners from around the world, including Australia, India, Ireland, and so many other countries. We want our community to grow. Spread the word. Now, Sharon, let's get started. Fearless, by definition, is being not afraid. What's the last thing that you, Sharon, have done that's really scared you? Well, I, I have examples every day. You know, as an entrepreneur, I think that we live and breathe fear all the time, uh, to be honest. And uh, one of the things that uh, I often say to not only other entrepreneurs, which they feel, and even my own children, is that being scared actually is a good thing. You know, it provides that essential need to continue to think about, innovate, and so on. But I would say, you know, uh, you know, being on a podcast even or being in front of people or everyday kind of um, experiences of building a business and, and the challenges that are in front of you are a bit scary. And it's okay to, you know, accept it because uh, you have to kind of go through it and uh, realize, you know, this is just a moment in time. I'm going to get through it to the other side and uh, things will be great. And you keep moving. So do you have a favorite phrase or a way to bolster your confidence when you're, you know, when you're like, I got to get to that other side? Is there, is there some kind of thing that you do to get that additional support? Uh, I do. You know, I have a great network of, I mean, I have a great family, to be honest with you, who really is supportive of what I do. And uh, they prop me up every day and they tell me, you know, again, you know, this too shall pass. We're going to get moving forward. You know, this is a moment in time, all those kinds of things. And um, it's just so important to have somebody who you uh, value, who loves you, who, who believes in you, who believes in your mission. And, um, and that's what you need. You know, the voices in your head can get pretty crowded. And to have somebody there who really is understanding of what you're doing and understands all of your faults and all of your amazing qualities um, can recognize ways in which to help bolster you up. Absolutely. Champions are so vital for career success, but so are people who will keep things in perspective for you. You know, That's true. <laughs> like, hey, the sun comes up again tomorrow and tomorrow's a new day. And Because as you mentioned, you and we're going to hear all about what the big push is doing, but perspective, uh, when you work with entrepreneurs and you have a special focus on women entrepreneurs, some days it can feel very overwhelming with all that you have to do and the competitive landscape and the pace of change. And so do you have a special phrase or, or something else in particular that you will share for those women entrepreneurs that turn to you for um, truth telling and perspective? Um, you know, it's a phrase actually that I was told by someone. It's enjoy the lows. And that what that really means is there are going to be lows and there are going to be highs. And you have to recognize when you're in those places, and, and there are many of them sometimes, and especially with women entrepreneurs, we go through different types of challenges. 
And, you know, some of the challenges, whether it's the biases that we go through within environments that we're placed in, uh, whether it's in an investor arena or whether it's just in any, any examples, um, we have to just recognize, let's, let's enjoy the lows, understand that we have to get through some kind of dark times to get to the other side. Um, and as well, the other thing I often say to women entrepreneurs, or they come to me, is, is, they, is I say, tell your story as often and as much as you can to anybody who will listen and tell your story your way. Don't look to make it up into something that you think has to be packaged in a certain way, whether it's with a male voice or with, you know, a stronger, aggressive kind of pitch. Um, Tell your story the way you would tell your best friend, tell anyone else. And the more you do that, I think people will recognize the person and, you know, who you are and what you're trying to achieve. And it really will open up so many more doors for you. So authenticity is, is really, you know, the bottom line. Yeah, great advice, Sharon. And you're absolutely right. That authenticity and the passion comes through when you're telling it your own way. But I will say that that's uh, advice that's counter to what many women are told. You know, it's like fit into this mold and 10 slides and follow this way. So I think it's so powerful that you're giving a different point of view, one that um, really, I think, sits with the strength of what women, you know, when they're thinking about their business, how they want to tell their stories. Absolutely. It's so important that we know who we are and what we're trying to do and uh, to get to our core because, uh, you know, in the end of the day, that's really what you're trying to express is uh, who you are as a person and what you're trying to achieve and what impact you're trying to make. Absolutely. So let's hear about the big push. What is it? Who's involved? What are you up to? Uh, this is a big, bold new way, as you've described it. You want to take women entrepreneurs from seed to Series A. So, uh, talk about the journey and 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 your story about this amazing organization. Yeah, so I started the big push because uh, I experienced many of the challenges. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for many years. I've built businesses, and I've had some some ups and some downs and, and uh, the challenges that I faced were very real and the ones that many entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs face. Uh, some I already alluded to in terms of investment, um, you know, walking into boardrooms where everyone across the table is uh, looks nothing like you, you know, and you're having to kind of express to them some of the things or the innovations that you're making. It doesn't really translate to them. So it's really been difficult to get across that. And a lot of investment uh, essentially closes down for women. And we know the percentages out there are pretty dismal. It's less than 2% of investment goes to women-led technology businesses. Um, and there are other challenges, biases that sort of are, are part and parcel of, you know, our, our lives. And, and that's the reality of it. And so uh, I thought there's got to be a better way to build businesses and not have to, you know, jump through all these hoops all the time. So the big push has really came out of that desire to fix uh, the problem. And I've been into many different types of accelerators. And there are some really, you know, some good ones, some not so good ones. But in the end of the day, mentorship is just one part um, and what we wanted to do is go really deeper and really sort of roll up our sleeves and be able to help women entrepreneurs with the resources and even the capital to get them through that funding gap, you know, where investors close doors and be able to ensure that as they build their businesses, we'll have their backs. We are a group of senior executives that are providing their services for equity. So these women entrepreneurs don't have to outlay cash where they don't have it uh, and be able to get the senior expertise from them from these amazing people to help them build their businesses to a point where they can then move on to whether it's Series A or, you know, you know, continued customer growth. 
So why do we need an organization like the Big Push in particular? I think the Big Push really comes in at a place where it's really critical for women-led businesses to not fall and slip into that funding gap. Um, there are too many, I've seen it too many times. Incredible businesses are built, products are created, but then there's a required big push to be able to get the resources and capital to get it to the next level. And this particular stage of this, you know, the pre-seed seed stage is so vital to ensure that we can cross over that bridge and get to a place where we can ensure that there is, you know, an opportunity to explore uh, the customer growth and to see whether or not this product market fit, sits in the marketplace. Um, and so that's what the big push is there for, is to is to support organizations and companies uh, that have the vision and have the have the product in the marketplace already have some uh, interested customers. So it's not just starting from idea phase. These are these are companies who've really put their hard sweat and tears and bootstrap to a certain point, but now really need to scale. And how do they get to that scale? So it's really important because, as I mentioned, you know, uh, investment dollars are are dismal and the opportunities are just too large to say no to because women-led businesses, we know statistically, provide greater ROI than their male counterparts. And so if nothing else, it's for good business. um, And that's why we're here. I have done national research on women entrepreneurs, uh, first looking at risk in 2016, in 2018 on innovation, and now we're starting to look at women entrepreneurs and export. And so you're also working with different women entrepreneurs. What's the advice you'd give to those who want to grow their businesses? What's what's some secret, Sharon, uh, sauce that you want to <laughs> <laughs> shine a light on? Um. Well, again, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier is the idea of telling your story, Uh, tell your story as much as possible, be available and out there as much as possible uh, to all sorts of people. And the one thing I think it's important for entrepreneurs of all kinds, as well as women entrepreneurs, is to be as transparent as possible. I think at times uh, we are afraid that somebody might steal our idea or take it and transform it in a different way. And we shouldn't because it's really important to know that, you know, it is really hard work to build a business. And if somebody feels like they're going to quote unquote steal your idea, uh, you know, wish them well because it's a long and a hard road. So um, my suggestion to everyone is to really be as transparent about what you're trying to do. Bring yourself out there as much as possible. Keep telling your story. And the more you do, you you be able to shape it and fine-tune it to such a degree that those connections, those networks will open up for you. Uh, opportunities for global expansion will happen. And that's sort of an organic way of looking at um, how, to, how to really get your message out. And that's really what you're trying to do in the end. Beyond telling your story, which absolutely you're refining it each time you're telling it, because sometimes you think, oh, that person didn't kind of understand what I'm doing or, you know, you get some valuable uh, insights back. But I think it's also important and I, it's perhaps inherent in what you're saying when you're talking about telling your story is also asking for help, like know what kind of help you need. Um, maybe you're looking for a new key employee. Um, maybe you're looking for access to a certain customer segment, et cetera. I think it's valuable when women entrepreneurs have a, a clear picture of what it is that you know, and that, that ask ready a list of maybe three yeah. things like, oh, you could help me with. Um, is that advice mm-hmm. that uh, you're giving to big push people as well? 
absolutely. I mean, actually, that's pretty much in our framework. So often when we go out and we identify companies to um, to be, bring into the program, uh, we go out to different cities across country and in what we call a pitch and pair program. And what we do is we come into a, an ecosystem, whether it's, you know, Toronto, Montreal, around Canada, uh, and we... Um, we identify these companies and what we do differently than other say pitch competitions that are out there or pitch um, events is we ask them not so much to focus so much time on their companies, but what they need, what their ask is for the people in the room. These are senior experts who are, have that expertise. So that's what we tend to do. What are some key lessons Sharon you've learned along the way in your career? Uh, Some advice for people listening. Some of the key things that I learned in my career is um, to take it one day at a time. I know that's a bit cliche, but it's kind of true. Um, often we get we get ahead of ourselves and we get overwhelmed, and uh, you know we see this long road and we we figure out you know this is this is too too difficult, too hard, and often many entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, have to ha- have to prepare themselves for essentially a marathon, and so you have to recognize every day. You got to drink your water. You got to prep yourself up. You got to have your team around you. You've got to really psychologically prepare and um, and be ready for the long haul. But but not to always focus in the long term and to live in the moment as much as you can, because that's you know where the benefits really come when you spend those times with the people that you enjoy, with the with things that you love to do, um, and not to be overwhelmed with all of the to-do lists that are definitely there, but can be recognized to be put one day at a time. Take us back to the start of your career. What was that first uh, first step? I, I started off in book publishing, uh, but actually prior to that, I'd say my very first job, was um, I was in university first year and I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. So I decided for my second year, I would uh, drop out and have a gap year um, and decided to get a job. And my first job was actually in advertising. Um, And I thought this might be a really exciting time, but, um, you know, not to date myself, this was, you know, early nineties and, uh, you know, advertising agencies, if you saw Mad Men or that show, uh, it it does it's not as bad as that. Those are the 1950s or 60s, I think. But at any rate, um, it wasn't exactly open environment for women. And I learned very quickly what it meant to really advocate for yourself and uh, be able to uh, recognize what these biases are and where they're coming from. I was pretty young and I didn't quite know it at all. But looking back now, I can see um, all the many different types of you know biases that happened and some of the uh, difficulties that I went through even in that one year. And after after a year of that, I decided I needed to get back and have some more education and recognize that I need to build myself up further. And then I continued my path, um, which kind of went in different directions. Uh, I went into book publishing for many years and absolutely loved it. And then eventually followed into a technology um, and followed uh, sort of my passion for uh, understanding sort of the innovations that are going on in, in, in the world. I think it's so important for people to remember, particularly uh people starting out in their career, that it's not as linear as they may think. And it's okay. You know, here you are taking a gap year, having interesting career experiences, going back and continuing on and to go from book publishing to tech uh, probably was not in your career plan. And yet here it is, (laughs) you know, this is your interesting pathway. So um, I think that's such great advice 
to to kind of stay open to the possibilities and serendipity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's, there's, and I say this to my children all the time, you know, everybody today is in such a race to figure out who they're going to be and what they're going to do. And, and this competitive nature of, you know, getting into um, a role right away. And I really encourage like to, to kind of feel through it because we never know where opportunities lie and we should just be open to them and draw ourselves to things that really excite us. And you never know. That's, that's the beautiful part about life. Take us back to the 10 year old Sharon. What were you into? What did you spend time doing? We've heard that um, you were in book publishing. So were you just, you know, under a tree reading all the time? What, what were you like, Sharon? <laughs> um, I was, you know, I was kind of a typical shy kid, to be honest. I went to um, private Hebrew school, uh, had a couple of really close friends. Um, and I had a very close relationship with my two older brothers. Um, but yeah, I was a, a kind of a bookworm. I, I really stayed a little bit to myself a bit. Um, I loved games, um, which obviously led to other future careers that I've done as part of my career. I, I've built a, different types of board games that I sold and, and built. And uh, so because I Because really everybody that. does that, Sharon. <laughs> when you like games, you just go ahead and make new games. <laughs> this is incredible. We want to hear more about that. Yeah. Oh, I had a great time doing that. I, I built a couple of board games, one which was on the Dragon's Den. I got on there for a while and it was fun uh, having an opportunity to, you know, showcase it there. And I built um, different types of online games as well and, and applications. It was just a lot of fun to do. And I think I followed not only my own passion, but I had children at that time as they were growing up and the older as they were getting, the games were kind of melding towards what their interests were. So it was sort of building it for my kids. Um, and it was, it was a lot of, uh, interesting times and it really shaped me as a, a person, as a mother, as an entrepreneur. Uh, and I learned a ton about, uh, the market itself and, and, you know, and, and what, what I got out of it was recognizing that you can do so many different things. And you know, like we said earlier, it's a, you don't have to fit into one mold. And so after that, I, after all of my games, I moved on to something more serious where I followed uh, sort of the path of my children and my children's friends, which was the mental health space and started building out applications to help support that. I'm very involved in uh, an organization called DIFD, Do It For Darren, which is youth mental health. And it is yeah. so vitally important to not only our community and our country, but the world really. Tell me more about the games or the apps and what, you know, your experience in this space. Uh, yeah. So with, uh, with the, me- the mental health space, it came about uh, more from a desire and seeing what young children are really getting uh, engrossed in. And it was disturbing to me in many ways. I'm not speaking so much about my children, although, you know, they're part and parcel with the consumption of um, phones and the Snapchats and all of this kind of stuff. And I was just, you know, concerned about what what is happening. I saw my teenage uh, nieces and nephews um, have some interesting experiences and, and their friends. And I thought this didn't feel right to me. Um, and so I, I felt there had to be a solution where people can express themselves in a way that doesn't um, doesn't expose them too much. And I think there was a fear of this whole ex- being exposed and being uh, you know, young children thinking or teenagers, you know, afraid to tell others how they feel. And so I, I built an application that was an anonymous messaging application that allowed people to talk about their personal experiences 
without having to be with the, in the freedom to do so in a platform that allowed them to share uh, similar thoughts, whether whether they had uh, eating disorders or you know some anxieties in regards to you know school or or relationships or what have you. And uh, I've I met with hundreds and hundreds of, of teenagers and hearing their stories, uh, some of them just broke my heart. Uh, others were really, really bright. And so, you know, there is a, a positive uh, future for this, uh, but it's all about talking about it and getting out there and expressing ourselves and recognizing we're not alone and all of us feel the same. Many of us feel the same experiences. So we should uh, share those stories with each other. So powerful. And are you still engaged in this space? Uh, well, not directly anymore. Uh, the company, I, I sold the company and uh, I moved on to uh, something else at that point. But I am engaged in it from the perspective of the relationships that I've made and the boards that I'm on and the people that I'm connected with. So it's always very important to me. It's very close to me in all aspects. Um, and I often will be asked to either write about something or be on you know, a panel and to discuss my um, my experiences from, uh, you know, from building up the, the company as well as, you know, dealing with a lot of these organizations that have gone through that, that are just amazing organizations out there today. I know you're reading business plans every single day, but do you have time <laughs> to read anything else? And if so, is there a book that you recommend for women entrepreneurs regularly? Uh, yeah, I do read a lot of business plans. <laughs> um, the books that I'm reading right now, you know, the, the real truth is it's so hard. And this is the one thing that's, it's, uh, um, hurts, <laughs> hurts me, not hurts me, but, um, it's really difficult is because I come from a book publishing background. I used to read a book a week, uh, and, and it was just so enlivening. I loved it so much, but nowadays it's really difficult to really find that time and energy to do it. Uh, that being said, the book that I'm reading actually right now is called, Rage Becomes Her, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic book. A lot of buzz. A lot of buzz. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of buzz. It's a really good book to read just to kind of absorb. And I'm not fully finished it, so I can't really comment on the entire book yet. And it's one that I want my daughters to read as well, uh, just to get a sense of, you know, again, it, it, it draws lines towards we're not alone. These are experiences that happen. Um, you know, there's there's you can find yourself somewhere in there and reflect on your own experiences. So I, that book was uh, an interesting one. And I also tend to look at books about entrepreneurship a lot, like um, Against the Gods, which is about risk-taking. It helps you understand, you know, what does risk really look like? And we shouldn't be fearful of it. And, you know, managing our fear is really the idea of, of what it means to be fearless, is to, you know, take it on and figuring out how to do it best. So those are some good books I'm enjoying right now. Two great suggestions. So thank you for that. You recently joined an important advisory board here in Canada. Tell us about it. Yeah, I recently joined the uh, Women Entrepreneurship Strategy Expert Panel. And so this Women Entrepreneur Strategy is really focused on providing financial support. It's $85 million, I believe was the uh, dollar value in terms of uh, providing across the country to different types of regional national programs to help support women entrepreneurs in their businesses and within organizations that support women entrepreneurs, accelerators and different types of national programs that can continue to support entrepreneurs around Canada. And the role there is really uh, to give my own personal experience relationships to organizations that I know are out there that really would need that kind of additional capital to help them support 
further women-led businesses. So it's been uh, a really wonderful experience in dealing with uh, other women uh, on the panel as well who come from across Canada, from PEI all the way to Victoria, BC. So it's been really lovely. Very exciting. My co-author, Claire Becton, and I are just getting underway with our, as I mentioned, third study on women entrepreneurs and export. And that's part of the Women Entrepreneurs Knowledge Hub. So we're really excited Mm -hmm. to talk to women entrepreneurs across our country. That's right. So final question, Sharon, Mm -hmm. what is your dream for Canada? I guess my dream for Canada isn't much different than my dream for my kids. You know, I want uh, Canada that has great opportunity for growth, for innovation, for inclusiveness, for transparency, and for a great deal of humility. I think that's what Canada really can shine on, is to recognize that unlike, say, potentially our neighbors to the south of us, humility is something that I think we should um, we should wear as a badge. And it really brings us closer to people in the end and um, reflects on who we are. Thank you for sharing your dream for Canada. Sharon Zohar, the visionary behind The Big Push. She's a disruptor, an innovator, and she wants to help women go from seed to Series A. Sharon, thank you so much for being on the Fearless Women podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We want our community to grow. Tell your friends, follow us on Instagram, and sign up for our newsletter at fearlesswomenpodcast.com to get the early scoop. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts or in your favorite app. And if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating. I'm Janice McDonald. Stay fearless. Thank you to the 30% Club Canada for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. The 30% Club believes that gender balance on boards and in senior management not only encourages better leadership and governance, but diversity further contributes to better all-around board performance and ultimately increased corporate performance for both companies and their shareholders. Want to learn more? Visit their website, 30percentclub.org, and select the Canada chapter to find out about membership, supporters, and key resources. Thank you to BDC, the bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. We love smart companies that want to amplify women's voices. For more information, go to bdc.ca women.